0: welcome to catholic economics i'm your host levi russell and today is september 12th 2020 So today I'm going to be talking mainly about the prospects for the coronavirus stimulus package thing. And I'm going to do kind of a deep dive on inflation because I think there's been some interesting news recently. And just combined with what I've been talking about the past couple weeks with the Fed, I think it's some interesting stuff going on out there, some interesting discussions. Before I do that, I just want to remind you that I have a, a, the ability for you to support the show financially through Patreon or Subscribestar uh, and also through Anchor if you want to click the, uh, the join button on there. I really appreciate your support, but mostly I just appreciate you listening and, and sharing the show with other people because it's just great that there's so many people interested in, in uh, economics from a Catholic perspective. So to start off, the the coronavirus stimulus thing has been kind of an interesting topic, and the the last couple of months have been about the uh, the, the the second round kind of thing. I know that really it's, it's I think it's the it would be the fourth uh, actual bill, but. What has happened is that the Democrats have uh passed some kind of a uh, package called the Heroes Act back in June, and it was never taken up by the senate so this this was a a um, uh, a bill that was passed just in the House, and then it didn't really go anywhere because it was so ridiculously spendy and it had a bunch of stuff in there that The president didn't like and that a lot of senate democrats didn't like and so i I don't want to rehash all the whole thing but what has happened recently is that the senate tried to pass a, a a bill and the idea would be that you have the house passing a bill the senate passing a bill and then maybe they have a conference committee to come up with one bill that's going to go forward It's sort of a negotiation of the two. And what's interesting is that the Senate bill didn't spend nearly enough relative to what the Democrats in the House wanted. And it also did not include the uh, Trump bucks or the bag or whatever you want to call it, the the $1,200 per person payment uh, at all. So, the responses from a lot of the democrats seem to indicate that they have kind of given up on that as well and so it's kind of interesting to see that we we got this one reprieve we got this one uh, time period this one instance of these massive stimulus packages uh, actually going to normal people uh, earlier this year back in april and it just seems like it's not going to happen ever again. So uh, 2008, the $787 billion and all of that, um, it's, it seems like this is just going to be the same thing. Now, here's the deal. Because the, the Democrats blocked it, so Democrats plus Rand Paul voted no in the Senate uh, on the, 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 the Senate's bill. And so the issue there is that <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Rand Paul, of course, you know, he thinks it spends too much, although he has had some good ideas. I think he was uh, he was in the right uh, vein of thought when he was saying that the, the that he, he, he put forward a bill basically saying that uh, education funding should just follow the parents, follow the kids. So, you, you know, if you homeschool, then you get the money. If you, uh, you go to a private school, then the private school gets the money. So that would be great. Uh, So one of the important things here as well is that we earlier this year, the uh, well, it was in August, actually, the Democrats and Republicans agreed to split out the uh, affliction stimulus package from the budget, because, of course, the budget, the fiscal year starts in October. So we've got to have some kind of bill or continuing resolution to fund the government, and so since they separated the coronavirus stimulus from the budget, then they were able to say, "Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna separate that out. We're gonna allow uh, the." Uh, the, the two of them to function separately. And so the, so the budget talks can continue because of course, you know what, what would happen is we would get into some kind of a shutdown thing where uh, you know some percentage of the government wouldn't operate and, and the media would be screaming about it for for days on end. So hopefully they will be able to figure out how to deal with the budget uh, issue because you know, we don't need yet another issue going on. Uh, around the country and the news on the stimulus is that now the bill is going to have to basically wait until after the election, because of course there's not going to be enough time to deal with the actual budget separately from the stimulus. Now, here's the thing. I think there's a distinct possibility that what's what they're trying to do, what the Democrats are trying to do specifically is they wanted to separate the stimulus from the budget so that they could try to get what they wanted out of the stimulus. But if you remember several months ago, I think back in May and June, they were talking about making the stimulus a an ongoing thing. So every, every year or something like that, there would be, or every month or whatever, there would be some kind of series of payments or something like that, that were tied to the affliction so the whole idea was that because this was going to continue right i mean we've heard about this oh there's going to be a second wave and then there's going to be a third wave and 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 all of this and flu season this so they wanted to have some kind of continuous stimulus and of course a lot of that was just their own political priorities and stuff like that but the what i think is happening here so, so they they split them and then the Senate Democrats voted down the Republican bill. Because the thing is, if, if they had just, the Senate Democrats had just played ball on the Senate bill, they could have had a conference and then come to something in the middle there. But what I think is is actually going to happen is I think they're going to try to put it in the budget talks. And so they're they're going to keep pushing for something, whereas I think the Republicans are... Uh, pretty much sold on not doing much of anything. And and the the wild card in all of this is just going to be how strongly Mnuchin and the White House are going to be able to push to get something done. And all of this, of course, can be taken negatively or positively, depending on what you think about what should happen here. So I have my own take on it, but I'm not. uh, I'm just trying to give you what's going on. I think it is interesting that even the Democrats have kind of backed off of the Trump bucks and the bag and stuff because when Nadler made some comment about it, Jerry Jerry Nadler, Congressman Jerry Jerry Nadler made some comment about the whole situation, Uh, he didn't even mention the the bag. So it's kind of interesting that you know the bag is one of the things that Trump and and Mnuchin are really pushing for, and yet in in all of the legislative branch discussions, that's kind of gone to the wayside. Now it could just be that Nadler is just assuming that that would be part of it because Mnuchin's on board, and even if McConnell isn't, he would he would fall like or he would fold like a cheap suit like he always does. Who knows? So I'll have an article on just the the basic uh, facts of all of that. Just saying that uh, the Democrats blocked the uh, Republican stimulus. So next up, the the just just a real quick on the the Wall Street stuff this week. So the the Dow the Dow ended higher, but in general, uh, Wall Street. Um, had the second this yahoo finance article says wall street post second straight weekly drop on tech slide so what's interesting is that you know tech tech had such a good run earlier this year and now in my mind we're seeing a correction i mean some of these stocks were up uh you know 30 40 percent on the year and now they're starting to uh, see a little bit of a drop i Maybe that's just profit taking, right? People sort of realizing gains that they had made, or you know, over this year, in some of these stocks. I, you know, I don't know. If if that's the case, then you wouldn't expect the decline to continue. But at the same time, uh, maybe there was just a, a you know, a massive. Um, um, maybe the run up was just way too high, and and so we're seeing valuations drop back down. So I'll have a I'll have an article linked in the show notes for that. So the more important thing that I want to talk about that, that was really interesting this week is inflation. And this kind of started for me with um, a, a a video or, or an article by Druckenmiller. So, so I'll, I'll have a link to the Squawk Box video and also to uh, a Yahoo Finance write-up. So Druckenmiller is absolutely afraid of um, of, of inflation right now. So he's Druckenmiller's a. he's just a high profile investor guy, and he's he's saying that that we could see inflation as high as ten percent. And the the issue with this is that uh, usually when you hear things like this, uh, you're, you're kind of oh, come on, you know, this is just uh, silly, um, you know, Peter Schiff style waving your hands in the air and screeching kind of thing but the reality is that the last few months uh, inflation has been running really hot and so it could be it could be the case that Druckenmiller Miller's correct about this the, um, the 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 asset bubble you know I, my my view is that a lot of the stimulus and the low interest rates and all that stuff have pushed up asset prices and so we've seen a big bubble in a lot of stocks uh, I mean, just look at the, the markets over the last couple of years. Right. So all of that, I think, is where, you know, those, those low interest rates that we normally would in a very naive model have thought of uh, that, that going into consumer prices. And it, and it hasn't. It's gone into asset prices. And what I think is interesting is that we've got this confluence of things where the, the, the Fed is changing its tune on inflation. And so they're going to this average inflation target where they're saying, we're not going to look at you know, this annual 2% target, right? And we're going to you know, reassess that every month. We're going to look at over a longer time frame, do we hit that 2% target? So, if we've, running, if we've been running below 2%, which we have, then we're going to look to kind of catch that up uh, as time goes on. So, th- that is, I think, the policy piece of this. But I think also this, this, this year has just been so crazy. There's a lot of different things going on. And the first thing I want to add to Druckenmiller's discussion is this guy, Eddie Elfbein, on twitter and he has a bunch of followers i don't i don't really know much about this guy but he has this tweet on uh friday over the last three months core inflation is running over five percent and so that seems like uh a pretty wild um number and so what does that what does that mean does that mean uh that we've had three we've had five percent inflation over the last three months alone no no what he's talking about is that we have annualized inflation at five percent. So, in other words, if we stay on the track we're on with inflation over the last three months, right? If that if that continues over the rest of the year, then we'd be looking at a, an annualized five percent increase in the uh, the in consumer prices. So, it's kind of an interesting claim, and he he has a link to. chart and so i'll put that in here too Um, and you can see in march april and may of course big drops in the cpi and so the question is is, you know is this a catch-up from the drops or is this an indication that we're um you know in 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 some kind of situation where we're gonna see continuing inflation over time here and again there's there's reason to think this because of course the stimulus all of that of course was to try to deal with uh, these drop this, these drops in consumer prices. I mean that was that was part of the that's part of the intention of this policy. And so the question is: is Did we overshoot by by injecting you know, trillions into the economy to uh, to deal with this drop in prices? And so we're we're getting some data on that. We see, uh, I've got two pieces on this. I'll just, I'll just put them both in here. There's two pieces on the most recent data. So the ElfBind tweet and, and the link that he provides, uh, you know, it, it gives you the June, July, and then and it also has the August number in here for CPI, uh, all items, less food and energy. So what that means is that's, that's called the core PCE. Core uh, personal consumption expenditures, and so the the AP has an article on this, and then there's another piece by Zero Hedge that I'll put on here, and it's just kind of interesting to read through what has happened with um, with consumer prices, and and I think some indication that this is just a catch up, but I think at the same time we can also some of the things in here are kind of indicative that this isn't just catching up, and, and there might be more, um, there might be more in here, uh, and 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 an indication that things might be uh, moving up for uh, more, uh, more than just the next couple of months to catch up for the big drop in in March, April, and May. So the the headline item on this AP article is used car prices. And so this is really interesting because you know you, you have to think through <laughs> all kinds of things when you're thinking about used car prices. You got to think about used cars, the used car market, the new car market, and you also have to think about the financing bit. So these all of these three things are obviously tied together in some way. And so what you had is, you know, all these car factories shut down earlier in the year. And so you've got one effect on the used car side where people aren't trading in their used cars to buy new ones okay so maybe that's not a smart thing to do anyway but the point is people are doing that uh often and then all of a sudden they can't and i mean i've i've seen car lots just empty of new vehicles i mean not completely but man very very low compared to normal so then you also have a fact that Uh, one of the big car rental companies went out of business and of course they're a huge supplier of these used cars and so that is going to put a ton of used cars on the market and push those prices down and so we saw used car prices drop dramatically and now we're seeing them come back up and this in this ap article they say there was a 5.4 percent jump in used car prices between July and August, the biggest monthly gain since March of 1969. New car prices were unchanged, but analysts predicted prices are likely to rise in coming months, reflecting supply shortages. So there's a lot going on here. And and so this, I think, is an indication, just one example, that we're seeing kind of this catch-up inflation. So we had massive deflation in used cars you know, earlier this year, and now we're seeing some catch-up. But I think there's, there's some interesting things here. So we've got prices of furniture going up a lot, 0.9%. Uh, and again, 0.9% in one month, right? So that, that's, that's quite a bit. Um, and it's, so to me, it's, it's things like, okay, well, hold on a second. Is this, is this supply related? So is this part of the supply chain issues we're having with the whole affliction? Or is this something else? Is this, uh, is this reflective of some kind of a trade issue, Right, because we we've got to think about this trade issue as as, as a longer term thing, and this is something that that I've personally been thinking about, and I, I've watched tire prices. I, I I was close to needing new tires, and so I've been watching tire prices over the last few months, and my goodness, they have just been skyrocketing. And so earlier than I needed to, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get tires because this whole China situation is, I think, is affecting a lot of these products, and so we're seeing. Uh, things like tires, I mean, we, we make, the U.S. makes a ton or buys a lot, a ton of tires from China. Uh, and we also saw some issues with, um, with uh, we're just seeing all of this labor that we have done in China. When we're starting to put some of these trade things in place and, and cause uh, disruptions, we, you know, we're, we're going to pay for that in the short term. And part of that is going to come, I think, through this, this inflation, Uh, type of thing. And so a lot of these consumer products uh, uh, rising in uh, in the last month is is a little bit a little bit nerve wracking. And I I think the other thing here is if you're you know, if you're looking at the uh, if you're looking at this as a short term thing, you're looking at you're just saying, Okay, we're just going to be catching up from earlier this year. Okay, fine. But I don't see it that way because I think the trade issues are not going to stop. And honestly, I think to a degree, the, uh, whatever the stimulus money that we finally get uh, probably, you know, I, I, am I'm not as hopeful on the bag thing, but we're going to, we're going to have some inflation with that too. And I think it's going to be potentially spread out over time. But now that the fed is really not as focused on worrying about inflation I think this is, you know, again, we're kind of in this perfect storm where we really could see some inflation pretty seriously uh, in a lot of these consumer products. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, I don't know. Uh, I I certainly like to see things like the trade situation being dealt with regardless of the fact that it could affect um, prices because uh, I I don't think we should be trading with a superpower that hates us. I, I mean, I think it's that simple. Uh, but we'll see what happens here and I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll probably have some more comments on, on the inflation thing next week as well, just because I think, I don't think we're going to, we're going to stop talking about this. Um, and I think really the lesson for this today is just when you, when you're reading something about, you know, tech stocks dropping or inflation running really high, okay, that's fine, but look, look back two months too. Right. And make sure that, uh, you know, tech stocks hadn't had a massive rally. Of course, they had. And make sure that inflation hadn't been running really low, which, of course, it had. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate you sharing the show. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll hopefully we'll be able to figure this stuff out and see what's going on with all this inflation. Maybe they'll sort out the bag. Who knows? Uh, But there it is. One of the main themes of this show is supporting Catholic businesses. And thanks to cabinrugs.com, you can do that while making your living room a more comfy place to be. Cabin rugs are manufactured right here in the U.S., which means they're high quality and your purchase helps to create American jobs. Cabin rugs is home to the largest collection of cabin, Native American, and Mesa-inspired rugs online. They have rugs, runners, and even large area rugs. Join me in supporting this fantastic Catholic-owned business, Log on to cabinrugs.com to browse their collection today.